Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Infinity Watchers. I'm John, joined as always by my good friend Jared. And this week we're going to give our thoughts on the second episode of Miss Marvel, uh, titled Crushed. But uh, before we get into that, Jared, this is the second straight week with a new MCU project <laughs> revealed slash leaked in the trades. So, you know, last week we had some deep discussion around Thunderbolts and this week it's it's Wonder Man. Yeah, you were you were t- telling me about this before we started. I, I don't know much about Wonder Man, if anything at all. So. Yeah, it's um, <laughs> what's interesting about this series is that it's actually going to be directed by Destin Daniel Cretton, um, who you may know as the director of Shang-Chi. And we we had heard that he was developing some a series, at least one series for Disney Plus, in addition to the Shang-Chi sequel. Um, but I think you and I had speculated that it would just be something around the Ten Rings, mm-hmm. right? And Zha Ling or um, some sort of spinoff of the Shang-Chi universe. But this just kind of goes in a mostly completely different direction, which is really surprising. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, excited to see him uh, to see his series announced. I think when you told me, I made the joke that we're now in, in the process where uh, a, a director will start out in the indie scene, they'll go to a Marvel blockbuster, they might do a Marvel blockbuster sequel, and then <laughs> they do a TV series out of it. Like that, that seems to be the trajectory that everybody is going on <laughs> at this point. Uh, Ryan James Gunn, would be the, James Gunn would be the the other person. Um, Taika, Taika, yeah, doing. Uh, Two Thors and our, our flat. Well, he hasn't death done a Marvel, and, yeah. Right. And uh, what we do in the shadows. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So um, this series could go a bunch of different directions. Um, I had seen some rumors. I think the original writer of the Variety article that had the scoop on this, or maybe it was Hollywood Reporter. I can't remember, but um, they had mentioned that they had heard that this would be like a satirical. Hollywood <laughs> film, uh, series um, because the character of Wonder Man, a.k.a. Simon Williams, is uh, like an actor and stuntman in the MCU. So it could be like kind of more of a comedic series. OK, I like where this is going. Yeah, I think there's a lot of potential there. Um, you know, some of the humor in Shang-Chi was great. They the head writer for the series um this out um the head writer for the series is andrew guest um who wrote for 30 rock um brooklyn 99 etc so you know there's (laughs) there are some comedic roots here um and i think this could be standard i was gonna say so so it sounds like they're going with the standard workplace comedy network sitcom maybe yeah possibly yeah almost like a 30 rock style like skewer of an industry meta commentary <laughs> i mean that's all you know? 30 rocky <laughs> right exactly <laughs> so i think it could be i think it could be really interesting um the character of wonder man has been around in the comics i don't know that much about him i haven't really read a lot of what he's in um but he has a lot of ties to some characters we've seen already um particularly wanda and vision oh um in the comics, Vision's brain waves are actually modeled after Wonder Man, so his brain was uploaded into a computer at some point before Ultron <laughs> created Vision. <laughs> and when Vision was created, he's like part Hank Pym, part Ultron, and part Wonder Man. <laughs> so, oh my God. 
Yeah, it's kind of interesting. They could get really meta with it and like actually cast Paul Bettany for it, but I doubt they'll do that. <laughs> yeah. Because um, I don't, I mean, there, there's very little to suggest that any of that's going to be canon in the MCU just because it, it, it's a hell of a retcon. Oh, it, <laughs> could, they, it, like, it could also just be like a, like a spinoff series that doesn't have any direct ties to the MCU at large. Yeah. Could also just be. Uh, mm-hmm. Marvel Studios making fun of itself if we're talking <clears throat> about it being a meta some sort of a meta mm-hmm. sitcom uh, set in Hollywood as a possibility. I mean, that, they could go uh, Cretton and his team could take it in, in so many different directions that mm-hmm. anything's possible, you know? Yeah. Now, there, there actually was a filmed cameo for a character as Simon Williams, a.k.a. Wonder Man, in the MCU really? already. Um, and I don't think they're going to go this direction just based on where we are today and this being a kind of a full series. But in Guardians of the Galaxy 2, there's the one very brief scene set on Earth when like uh, Ego's seed is expanding and there's the like cars driving down the street. Do you remember that yeah. scene? It's not like one of the there's there's in front of the there's a a car trip. There's a Dairy Queen. And then there's like a a general scene where like Peter Quill's grandfather's running from the the blob. Yeah. Um, In that scene, (laughs) James Gunn actually had posters created featuring Nathan Fillion (laughs) as Simon Williams. There were movie (laughs) posters of him playing Tony Stark in a biopic. (laughs) I I'm I'm on board. I am it, on it board. It basically was Nathan Fillion in like Tony Stark cosplay <laughs> in the movie poster style. Um so depending on where they go with it, I mean Nathan Fillion could be an option. I I doubt it. Um but he does, you know, if we are talking a comedy series, he definitely has the comedic chops. He does. Um Gun, Gun. he's someone that Gun loves him. Gun loves him. So like he's got <laughs> he's got connections to the MCU and yeah. I just I want more Nathan Philly in my life, you know. Yeah. So remains <laughs> to be seen to if see they that. if they do that. Um, I think it was more of a gag. They they had created the posters and everything, and they were included in some versions of those shots, but didn't make the final cut of <laughs> Guardians two. <clears throat> um, but yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot of directions you can take it. Um, he was like one of the founding members of the West Coast Avengers. Um, so you, could there be some ties to Shang-Chi there with and, and Scott Lang, Ant-Man, with those both being set on the West Coast, San Francisco? Um, you know, this is most likely going to be set like in L.A. or Hollywood, you know, based on what we're reading so far. Um, but it's exciting. I'm glad to see Destin Daniel Cretton uh, back mm-hmm. in the MCU, and it's it's actually more exciting to me that he's doing something like this, because um, this is like the first example of really a director kind of helming two franchises, right? We, I mean, we have to assume that every <laughs> new hero and series is, is the beginning of a new franchise. Um, we guess. almost got that with Watts, but... We did almost get that with Watts. Uh, would you, I mean, would you count Coogler's contributions as a separate franchise? Because we're getting, he did Black Panther. He, he's doing Wakanda forever. And he has those, he has that Wakanda series in the works for Disney plus, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess that's true. I guess I was thinking more in terms of like 
two completely mostly unrelated yeah. standalone thing. You know, like we, the way we're going to get with John Watson, Spider and Man and Fantastic Four. Yeah, I mean, you could count the Russos, I guess, with like Cap and Avengers, but those are still kind of like their through lines there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but either way, I mean, that's another another new series we get to look forward to, and I'm I'm pretty hyped about it. All right. Uh, with that being said, I think let's get into our thoughts on uh, this second episode of Miss Marvel. Uh, this one was titled Crush, was directed by Mira. Um, it's either Manon or Menon. Um, she actually directed the third episode as well, then aware next week. Um, and this was written by Kate Gritmon. Um, so, Jared, what were your thoughts on this episode? Uh, over, overall, I, I, I still like the I, I'm still on board with this show. Um, even ba- based off, still based off of last week's, uh, I really enjoyed this one. Uh, it's still fun, still funny, it's still energetic. Um, not as chaotic as last week's was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it definitely rained, rained in a lot of the, uh, a lot of the Gen Z elements. Um, mm-hmm. but overall, I really liked it. I just read a, a, an article on the ringer before we started. Um, describing this as if last week was the introduction to Kamala and this world, then uh, this was the Miss Marvel origin story. Mm. Essentially, um, it really and also there's a lot of um, great representation of um, Mus- of like Muslim culture. Yeah, impact Pakistani culture in this. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sorry if I'm not pronouncing any of that or d- describing that correctly, but like typically Hollywood has this really bad problem of Islamophobia. Like it's, it's oh, yeah. pretty apparent, especially mm-hmm. going back to like the mid two thousands and, um, it, it felt refreshing. And I said that last week too, about the family dynamic, it felt refreshing to see a different culture depicted in a very normal day-to-day sense mm-hmm. like you see you see the kids at the mosque with with the instagram or doing instagram during during their yeah. pre- during their uh session <clears throat> and um uh kamala's friend uh kia talking about um why she wears a hijab uh, why or she why she decides to run for the mosque board you know just like mm-hmm. these regular like day-to-day things that typically you wouldn't see and i'm, I'm glad that they this, I I might be rambling here, but the MCU at large kind of has a as a religion problem in a way where like I'm not I'm not the most religious person in the world, but um, basically in the in the Marvel universe, every religion, every afterlife exists, right? Right. I mean, we learned that from Moon Knight that anything that you, whatever you believe in is the afterlife exists. Um, mm-hmm. But to see here. Kamala still attending services as, on a regular basis. I think it was a very refreshing thing to see. Yeah, it felt meaningful. Exactly. Right. Like it wasn't just shoehorned in. Like it's just a natural part it, of it, her character and the world she lives in. That's what I was about to say. It feels like a part of her character. Yeah, and in general, like just the one of the biggest strengths of this series so far is just the world building and just how real yeah. the Jersey city feels. And right. it's like, it is a very distinct location. Like if you look at homecoming and how that depicted Queens, this is like, feels very similar mm-hmm. where they're giving it its own 
life, its own personality. And, and you get to see different communities mm-hmm. within the city, too. Like how different people live their lives, different perspectives. And I'm, I'm enjoying that. Yeah. Because <laughs> it, it just makes it feel really grounded. Right. And I think, I think where I'm hesitating to say this was a, an improvement from last week was it, it does feel grounded and I like how they're building out this world. But to me, it feels like a lot of the energy from last week was really reined in and pulled back. And that this felt much more slower <laughs> and a lot more, uh, a little more character based than last week, you know? Yeah, really up until the end. I mean, it, yeah. it, it was pretty reined in, but I, I mean, overall, my thoughts is I'm just really loving this show. Me too. It it is thoroughly entertaining, and mm-hmm. Mon Valani is just killing it as she Kamala. is. That that first scene where she walks in the school, just like <laughs> high on life, <laughs> overconfident, just saying hi to yeah, because it's just like such a juxtaposition to last week when she's walking through the halls, like just completely overconfident, <laughs> just like a complete doofus, like. <laughs> Oh, it's it's good. And and then later after um after she goes on her date and she's walking through the house and playing oldies music and it's it's almost like a dance. It's literally just a dance scene. Yeah, it's uh, then it gets interrupted. When her parents talk to her, it just cuts completely <laughs> like a hard cut. And then it picks right back up when she leaves that conversation. Yeah. Like it's just so it just oh man, the stylistic choices like that. It's creative. Um, it really puts it you is. in the mindset of, of Kamala. Yeah, exactly. So and it's just so fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it moves. It's energetic. It's it's exciting. Like again, I said this last week, but it feels like what it was like to be a teenager again. You know, like yeah, just, it does. You're just constantly going, and you have new ideas coming mm-hmm. out, and uh, you want to do everything everywhere all at once. And I, I had to shoehorn that in somehow, but you know, like everything is new. Everything's colorful. Everything's bright and exciting, and like. Comparing this to say, I don't know, the Winter Soldier, it's like night and day, <laughs> mm-hmm. where everything's gray and bleak and, and and nihilistic and boring, and then you have this, which is energetic and poppy and exciting, fun. Mm-hmm. It feel again, this feels like we said it's last week, but this feels like a comic book come to life, right? And it 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 takes a lot of what we started to get in things like. Spider-Man Homecoming Mm -hmm. and Shazam where like you're living in this like high school life Mm -hmm. right like but I feel like this just even does it better which was really hard for me to perceive because Homecoming was so good Mm -hmm. and like it it almost makes me want and this is greedy because it's never going to happen but a Spider-Man series like the the character of Spider-Man would be so good in like a Disney Plus series and we'll never get it but I digress um and I, I feel like we're not settling for this either. It's just like this is great <laughs> yeah. on its own. Um, it, it just, it's just such a joy. Right. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, I, I just look back to like cause some of the criticisms I had with Moon Knight. And for this, like, I'm, I'm very amped up like week to week. And it's not even about the like lore of the MCU. Like, I just know that I'm, I'm turning this on. I'm going to have a good time. Right. I'm going to enjoy it. And I was worried going into this because some of the trailers like almost look like a Disney channel show at certain times. And that's like a common well, criticism. Well, I mean the whole Com- thing, I, the entire time I'm watching, I'm watching last week and this week's episode. It feels like a Disney channel sh- channel show, like one we would have watched growing up, but it's like much more mature. Yeah. Even like, um, it's almost like a toned down ABC family show. 
Mm-hmm. Whereas ABC Family would usually play into like the melodrama of um, of being a teenager. Oh, yeah, yeah. This kind of has that, but it's not too. It's not overly dramatic or melodramatic. It's it's exciting and uh, pulpy. So what are you, what are you thinking about her power set now that we've gotten some more time with it? I'm still trying. St- I like it. I, I'm still trying to understand it because yeah. again, we're used to like the the stretch the stretch aesthetic, if you will. I don't, uh-huh. I don't have a better way to describe it, but um, <laughs> the noodling, the noodling, yeah, and <laughs> and in beginning the beginning, <laughs> and here. Um, it's like, I forget how we described it last week. It was like a crystallized power. It's or like Green Lantern power. Green basically. Lantern. Yeah, basically. And yeah, her, I, I think that's enough. I, it feels like this episode, it tried to cram in just a little too much. Like I wanted a lot more of the training montage in there of her. Cause it seems like we just see her learning how to walk on platforms and, and occasionally mm-hmm. throw out platforms, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, occasionally reach her hand out but then i get that 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 would be a choice to where we're learning along with her how this works Mm -hmm. um but to me it just felt like it was sprinkled throughout there when i personally i wanted just to to see it a little bit more more like creative uses of the powers rather than Um, just like not even energy platforms (laughs) yeah kind of or more like we kind of saw her learning but we didn't get much of an explanation as to like what is the only explanation we really get is that the, the bangle isn't giving her her powers. It's enhancing whatever's in her. So, I mean, we, we might get our <laughs> inhumans tie in now. <laughs> I, I don't know. Well, it, it remains to be seen, but I mean, the fact that they're kind of tiptoeing around that makes me think that we're in for a reveal like that. Uh-huh. Um, however, I do question that a little bit with the inclusion of like her great grandmother. Right? Yeah. And that seems to be, Something there is the source of the powers, especially with the um, the story her dad was telling at the table. Mm-hmm. And she said she she got back on the train by follow or found her dad by following the stars. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, to me, it sounds like these like energy projections were like leading her to a certain place. Right. Like I thought that that meant like she literally followed these like crystal structures to get her where ah, she needed okay. to go. I didn't think of that. That's a that's a good connection. That she followed a trail of stars, or yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think it's I think it's all tied back to that. Mm-hmm. But it's really interesting to see. Like, do you think we're getting some sort of like afterlife type thing here? But like, she's connecting to her great grandmother somehow, who's lost, but like seems to be stuck in some other realm, or I don't know. Well, it's really confusing. <laughs> I, that's I was trying to follow the family tree here because. They throw out names and and kind yeah you, yeah. you kind of have to start to piece relationships together like as they as they un- unveil themselves and if I'm understanding this right it's it's Nani that is her great grandmother. I think Nani's her grandmother. Grandmother, okay. And her that she was talking to on her phone. Okay, okay. And then her great grandmother is the one that disappeared that she was seeing in in the, in the, in the vision. vision, right? Okay, or, yeah, whatever that was. Okay, mm-hmm. that's that's me not or not really trying to pay attention to what was going on here. Yeah. Um, just especially the way that her dad explains the partition and the family dynamic. It, they were, or they start to refer to her mom as sauna and it's, mm. 
that I think that was the first time her name was dropped. So it was kind of I kind of right. had to start piecing together how the family puts it or the family tree is kind of built. Um, I do again. I said this last week, but I do like that they're still tying in her power set to her family tree and her heritage. So it it makes this a growth a lot more personal. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that was something that, especially if it's in her lineage. <clears throat> yeah. And I think something like that with her lineage is more powerful than the inhuman yeah. explanation. Um, so, you know, I'm not going to be disappointed if that's the route. And I think people should be prepared for there to never be an inhuman mention <laughs> until we get like an MCU reboot. <clears throat> <laughs> Maybe that's when Vin Diesel will finally get to be be a part of it. <laughs> you never know. We'll never um, know. I think I think next week we're in for more of an explanation because it seems like Comron's mother knows a lot about what's going on, I would say. Yeah. Right. She seems to I, I think we're seeing our first look at the villains um, outside of whatever is happening with damage control. But we have the Comron and his mother. And it seems like Comron might not be as sinister himself, but I think he definitely did like seek out Kamala. Mm hmm. Yeah, just he he grew an attachment to her right away. Oh, like instantly. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> it it was a it was a little suspicious, and I thought I like I like their chemistry together. Um, mm -hmm. It feels very natural. Um, the whole cousin dynamic really threw me for a loop, and I her with her brother being like, "Oh yeah, I do actually remember you." Was I thought was a little. I thought he was playing. I couldn't tell if he was like playing along, just like playing along with it. Like, cause there's no way that, I mean, unless Kamala, well, Kamala would know her cousin, right? So she yeah. probably just picked a cousin that he wouldn't actually remember and make him think that he did. remember. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, right. Like it wasn't like she pulled names out of the blue. She probably picked a cousin that they actually have, but haven't uh, seen in so long, but has a same or similar name. Yeah. That he would have probably I, that, forgotten about. Right. Or hasn't and seen that. Okay. I just worked through that in my own head because I thought maybe it was her brother like deciding to cover for her and help her, mm -hmm. you know, but I, I don't think that was the case. I yeah, think just, she actually pulled one over on him. Because <laughs> I, I mean, that scene is the din is at the dinner and I thought you like you would think that would come up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That that was jarring to me, too. I, I don't think that scene was executed that well yeah. to make it like like it was kind of funny, but the fact that we had to like discuss it live to understand it. Yeah. Maybe it was a little sloppy. Yeah. And I think, I think that's my, my <clears throat> biggest problem with this episode was there, there's so many pieces that aren't connecting, you know, um, mm -hmm. whether it's the, uh, the development and the learning of, of the power set, or it's the family dynamic, or it's just understanding some of these relationships. Um, <clears throat> but it doesn't detract from my overall enjoyment of the yeah. show. Mm -hmm. it's not even nitpicking to say that stuff because those are major problems. If you don't understand something, then that's a, that's not good storytelling, mm -hmm. but like there's so much being thrown at you at once that it actually, I can look past it for once. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I'm glad they didn't waste much time with Cameron because like the minute he shows up, it's pretty obvious that there's more to him mm -hmm. going on here than, than uh, we would have, you know, than they wanted us to believe. So I'm glad they didn't wait too long to do the villainous drop, right? Right. Or to, to hint that there's something more going on there. I mean, it, it might not even be villainous. It might. It might just be. It might like not a, be. It might just be like a personal dilemma 
or a family familial dilemma that we're not aware of. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I think we're in for some more answers there. My, um, I think my my biggest <clears throat> gripe, and you mentioned damage control. I don't understand what they're doing or what their purpose is. They're so bad at their jobs. <laughs> yeah, I I really don't get it. I mean the 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 end of the episode where she flips over the van, uh-huh. gets in the car, and drives away, and they get they come around the corner. They're like, Where'd "Where did she go?" She go? <laughs> I was like, "Okay, come on!" Like well, that, that entire street would be surrounded, <laughs> completely inept. <laughs> Like not one of them had a line of sight to a car on the other side of that van. There were like there were like forty agents there. I think. You're telling me nobody saw a, a luxury vehicle pull up? And yeah, just and walk speed in. away. Like, oh. <laughs> Meanwhile, it hadn't even. They pulled. must. She must have it, invisibility powers. It just literally just pulled away, and they didn't even like look around to see. Oh, it, it's that yeah. car right there. You know. <laughs> I hope they end up being just like bumbling idiots through the episode yeah. just because of how awful they were especially that female agent and the the interrogation itself is just really bad i i loved the interrogation scene <laughs> it was exactly how they interrogated ned yeah in homecoming like it, it like it was perfect like character like through line oh, and, oh yeah we're big fans of you and it just yeah where they just go in and like butter him up uh-huh. like to get him to talk is funny <laughs> just to see that tactic work on another teenager like so easily. <laughs> but I thought I thought th- I'm thinking about this in real time. I thought it was weird that it was it was Zoe that they brought in to interrogate because it it sounds well, she was telling people she knew the hero. OK, remember, she yeah, was, like yeah, yeah, bragging yeah, she at was. school, like saying, oh, I'm friends with I'm <laughs> friends with, the, with yeah. this person, even though she so. has no idea who it actually is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that actually made sense then. because last week. When they, they cut the damage control at the mid credit scene, they say, okay, bring her in. And it sounds like they're going after Kamala, you know? Um, right. And now it's, I guess it was actually Zoe they were talking about. That she has mm-hmm. the footage and she's putting up that she knows the person. So I guess talking that yeah. out in real time live, that mm-hmm. that makes a little more sense. And we also find out they're labeling these people's enhanced individuals. Yeah. They're going after. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I just I do wonder what their no pun intended end game is with these yeah. individuals. Like maybe <laughs> maybe they, because they botched the the Peter Parker stuff, <laughs> they're holding like a grudge and trying to. I guess you could say hard that, or like. I guess you should t- uh, say that they're in damage control mode for themselves. Well, yeah, I mean that it is in the name. <laughs> it is in the name. The Department of Damage Control has to has to do damage control for their <laughs> own screw. Yeah, I mean they they literally had those those were the Stark drones from right. Far from home, right? Like exact, they were literally the exact drones. So, but what? I had to pause. I, I almost paused it and had to like yeah go up and look closely at it. Like, was that really like the Mysterio stuff? I I well when the when the uh, the drone like POV came up, mm-hmm. I was like that looks like oddly familiar, like almost like a like an Edith interface or mm-hmm. something and then i was like oh oh my god this the stark drones like the mysterio drones <laughs> which is crazy like i just are we gonna get some of the mysterio like projection type things in this maybe i i don't could that play a part i i don't know i mean the, the last time we saw those drones it was peter billingsley's character i can't remember his name <laughs> um but he uh 
was uploading the Mysterio program and saving that. Mm-hmm. Presumably someone has those drones. I would have thought that whoever Fury's with, Sword or whatever, ha- would have them, not damage control. Right. So I'm curious to see. Unless Stark developed them and gave oh. them to, to them as well. Yeah, because I forgot that he found the dam- damage control ultimately. Mm-hmm. So, And, I mean, knowing <clears throat> knowing Tony, they, he probably had his, his feet in both courts. On They uh, haven't actually confirmed in this that it's damage control i mean it's i mean the the jacket it's the same age i mean the jacket the jackets are uh it's like dcdc on it or like okay it's like ddc <laughs> or whatever the the acronym department would be. department D-O-D-C. of damage dodc okay it right. like it's biggest was... day on their chest okay that makes sense then i i wasn't 100 percent sure yeah it's interesting curious to see what what's happening there are they just going to kind of be a through line through a lot of the the street level stuff that we see or i kind of hope I, like I, yeah like when we talked about uh no way home you'd mentioned that there was a damn and we had talked about this that there was that damage control series that was canceled and yeah this, i guess this would be this and the street level stuff would be their way of like shoehorning in that series into the mcu now and mm-hmm. it it seems like that's a much better way of shoehorning in and like moving in canceled titles than the way Star Wars is doing it. Of like, throw. I don't mean to rant about Obi Wan here, but like, have you been watching it? I I've only watched some of the first episode to this point. Okay, so well, don't spoil it. <laughs> I, won't, I, I won't really spoil it, but um, it's an Obi Wan series. But there are like two or three other characters that could have their own series in it. Oh, wow. And it feels like, well, I mean, you know Leia's in it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 Leia and then the um, the Inquisitors. Like, it feels yeah. like the Inquisitors could have their own series. And I feel like mm-hmm. that was an idea on the table that they pitched. <laughs> and then Leia could have had her own series. That was probably mm-hmm. an idea that they pitched. And they said, well, let's just put it all into this Obi-Wan series that we're doing. Yeah. You know? So, mm-hmm. and it, it kind of dilutes everything when you do that. Here, though... Mm. They found a way to incorporate canceled ideas or like dispatched ideas into the universe at large. I mean, we even saw mm-hmm. that with Black Bolt and the Inhumans. Kind of like it's an Easter egg for those that know about it. And yeah. it's it's just a fun cameo that says, Oh yeah, the Inhumans do exist. Um that series does exist in this universe, <laughs> but um in this case damage control does still exist in this universe. They're still a part of everyday life. Mm-hmm. How we as the audience see that, that hasn't really played out yet. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it remains to be seen. I, I think it's probably still on the table to eventually get a damage control series out of this, depending mm-hmm. on what they end up doing with Agent Cleary. Because, mm-hmm. um, I mean, he's charismatic and a oh, big yeah. enough name to lead his own series. Oh, yeah. So you could definitely see you know, some sort of redemption arc that we see throughout this that leads to his own series, which would be really cool. I mean, that'd be... Would you even call it a redemption arc? Well, I don't know. Depends (laughs) on if he's just doing his job or if he's actually an a-hole. I mean, he's he's um, good at his job. He is. Anyway. How about the... um, Did you catch the Paul Rudd never ages joke? No. (laughs) So in the beginning of the episode... Kamala mentions something about having Ant-Man powers. And he says, Bruno says, how do you know you have Ant-Man powers? And she said, um, <laughs> uh, 
I'm charismatic and I look much younger than I am. <laughs> and I thought that was like really funny because uh, there's, you know, the ever present internet meme of Paul Rudd never aging. I've seen quizzes where it's like, which Paul Rudd is younger? And it's just two Paul Rudds next to each other. And you have to guess. So I think that was a, definitely an intentional joke. Um, and then the Kingo references too. I'm sure you caught those. I, you know, okay. I thought about that because I, I heard Bollywood and I thought there's, it has to be a chain. It has to be Chindo that they're referencing. And I couldn't remember the actor name that Chindo was using. They, I think they actually just said Kingo. I okay. think he just used Kingo. Okay. Like, Cause he, he said that every generation was just the name Kingo has passed down. So. Right. When I heard them, like that has to be Kamal, you know. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> now they're shoe- shoehorning in the the Eternals reference, and that again, that's mm-hmm. still probably my favorite joke in the MCU because yeah. because now everybody thinks that Kingo is. <laughs> I think they knows. even joke to say that he was like their parents or their grandmother's <laughs> favorite actor or something. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure they said something like that, but I can't quite remember. Um, <laughs> also, I, I don't know if that like if I'm thinking New Jersey artist that I'm pulling Bon Jovi over Springsteen. <laughs> I don't know. I like that. You know, it seems yeah, it, it seems appropriate. It's quirky. I guess it's not as obvious as like <laughs> Springsteen, right? Yeah, even Gaslight Anthem, but right. Well, nobody knows. Ga- <laughs> nobody, nobody would know the Gaslight Anthem. Everybody knows who's a Bon Jovi. I know is. them. You and I know them, but. It's like if I throw the slippery, out a... the slippery wet wet joke was good. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it'd be like me throwing out a Misfits reference. Like, yeah, they're from New Jersey, but not everybody knows who <laughs> they are. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, the the Bon Jovi reference was a, was a nice little touch there, and I mean, there are a lot of needle drops in the show too. Yeah, I didn't pick up one. Mm-hmm. I. I recognized a lot of the songs, but I didn't know a lot of them. Yeah, I didn't. Um, I don't know a lot of them by name either. Mm-hmm. That, um, but the only one I, I knew by name was the, uh, the Ronettes one, the, the be my baby, the one that she's dancing to whenever she walks in from the date or was it from the date or from the party from the party. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of just kind of like the original soundtrack too, the composer for the series is Laura Cartman. Uh-huh. Um, and if that name sounds familiar, it's because we did talk about her last year. She um, scored What If as well. Oh, okay. Um, and she's set to produce the score for uh, the Marvels, so makes sense. Okay. Mm-hmm. She... I, I haven't I haven't picked up on a lot of the kind of original soundtrack here. I think just because of the number of needle drops. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to seeing what her um, theme ends up sounding like, and presumably that's going to be reused in the Marvels. So hopefully it's yeah, hopefully it's good and memorable. I mean, honestly, Natalie Holt set the gold standard she with did. Loki because there are so many songs that, in that that still kind of play in my. I'll I'll say the score for Obi Wan's probably the best part of that show. I mean, she scored oh, that really? too. It, it was her and John. Natalie Holt. Yeah, her and John Williams. Really? Yeah, he did oh, the Obi Wan theme, and then she did the original score. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and it, yeah, it's, she rules, man. Every time, her... every time the credits come on, it it like pricks my ears up a little bit, and I get excited. <laughs> Y'all have to pay attention because I I started to watch it and I got uh 
just sidetracked with the the sheer amount of things that have released <laughs> like, the past few you weeks. You mean the Stranger Things that have been <laughs> that yeah. have been ruling the the Stranger Things that are happening to the boys? <laughs> yeah, right. I can't keep up either. I it's. <laughs> Have you watched this season of The Boys? I have not. I, oh, boy. I, I feel like oh I boys. should. But then part of me thinks, I'm, I think I'm good. <laughs> yeah. You've got to be in the right mindset. I think, yeah. It's it's hard to go from like Miss Marvel to The Boys <laughs> back to back, you know? It's a hard cut, man. It is. <laughs> Even, Stranger Things is a nice like middle ground. So it's like a, I don't know. This season's pretty gruesome, but. Yeah, I just personally actually never get into Stranger Things. I, I watched that first sure. season and couldn't get past it. So I, I don't know. I mean, bat to Miss Moral. Overall, like I'm, I'm glad. Like I'm glad the series is going in the direction it is. It's a fun time. It's energetic. It's exciting, and I, I really can't wait to see what happens next. It, I mean, I think we say this every time, but it shocks me. There's only like three weeks or four weeks left. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. There there are so many of these. Uh, I, I guess I shouldn't say so many because some of them are just the right length. But yeah. this is one where I want 10 episodes. <laughs> like, give me give it the WandaVision treatment. Give us give us nine or 10. Knowing this, um, knowing knowing the formula, though, episode five is where we'll get the uh, the entire unloading of all the questions that we have about the um, yeah about the bangle about her great great grandmother mm-hmm. about her power set yeah episode four is usually the the banger uh-huh <laughs> set the stage for the finale but um this honestly just makes me really upset that we've suffered such a big delay to the marvels mm-hmm. <laughs> that it's gonna be like over a year before we see kamala again which sucks i know i'm excited too especially with Nia <sighs> the cost of directing it like yeah, that that's that is the franchise that needed fresh directors, and you and I usually rave about the new directors and stuff. But mm-hmm. I just felt like it was a bit of a miss with um, Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck, or Anna Fleck and Ryan Bowden. I forget. It, it that's not even on them necessarily. That I think a lot of that was studio choices and the way that was written. Probably, yeah. <clears throat> so I, I really don't want to put the onus on them because they are good filmmakers. Um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of a funny story and half nelson are uh, pretty dark half nelson is extremely dark um that's not fun to watch it sits in the morning on a summer day but <laughs> um yeah it's kind of a funny story is like i mean it's about a kid who put shuts himself into a, a psychiatric hospital for help but like it's um Oh, I remember that yeah it was that galifianakis i watched and, um, that yeah and, uh, emma roberts i didn't realize that was them yeah that's huh. them um so, I mean, I was excited when I saw it was them, but then, I mean, we, I think we rip on Captain Marvel a little too much on this show, but I mean, it is what it is, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, I just watched Richard Donner's Superman, weirdly for the first time last night, and mm. um, I thought, this is really what Captain Marvel should have been, because I mean, Carol Danvers is essentially Superman, <laughs> similar power set. Mm-hmm. Um kind of a similar not really i feel like but yeah and i feel like characters that have that type of overpowered power set like no one can just nail it no (laughs) 
Like they like it's it's oh, they overthink it so much. <laughs> I feel instead of just letting them do what they do best, like especially Superman. I mean, yeah. since the Richard Donner films, like yeah. Well, I think I mean I think he's the only one that really got it right because he understood that Kal uh, El like isn't a good character necessarily because he can't have an arc. He just it embodies goodness, you know. Yeah. And I think comparing let's say comparing Kal-El to Kamala here, like it's Kamala is going through, essentially is going through puberty, you know, and she has a character, she has a character arc in this and it's not, it's coming into her own in Mm -hmm. a similar way of, of how Kal-El and slash Superman kind of comes into his own and understands that he can't be everywhere all at once in those original Donner and the original Richard Donner cut and the original Richard Donner Superman from 1978. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, that's probably the best character arc, one of the best character arts you're going to get for Superman. Um, and learn and something Zap Snyder never really truly understood. Um, but I think the writers of this show really understand Kamala and understand, understand their audience too, of like the, this, I, I said this last week, but, this feels like it was written for the Gen Z mm-hmm. crowd. The cuts, right. the, the the needle drops, and the fact that needle drops are anything from <clears throat> modern hip hop and rap to SoundCloud rap to um, to sixties doo wop to references to Bon Jovi. Like, you, like it's literally all over the place. And if you go into any Gen Zers phone, <laughs> they're gonna have music from literally any decade. I mean, this is this is the this is the generation that reinvigorated Fleetwood Mac's career, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> <laughs> so I think the um, so I think overall the the writers' room really understands this character and knows what what she is at the start and where she needs to be at the end. Yeah, I'm excited to see where we go from here. We got we're getting just enough teases too mm-hmm. of the power set, you know, and I think the, the change in the origin has also made it very intriguing mm-hmm. because it's such a mystery. Like usually with characters origins, it's, we know exactly how it plays out right and for this. It's, you know, not quite there. Um, the, I did catch one, uh, nod to the comics. So last week I mentioned Thomas Edison, the bird man that yep. is a clone of Thomas Edison. <laughs> Thomas Edison um, man. his head, like exactly one for one was on the back of, um, nakia's jacket as she was walking through the festival oh right. really yeah <laughs> uh-huh <laughs> yep um that and um at one point going to the party kamala has uh like the big i can't remember what kind of hat they're called the big fluffy hat with the ears oh yeah down. almost looks like a lumberjack's yeah, like a lumberjack type hat. She yeah. wears that a lot in the her original comic run. Oh, okay. Too. So kind of a neat, neat nod there. She has a number in the uh, Avengers like Square Enix game. There's a number of alternate costumes that have that hat. <laughs> <laughs> play. So yeah, so I I mean I'd say <laughs> overall two good two good starting episodes. Yeah, I'm for re- sure. Really excited to see where this goes from here. Same here. I think this is, uh, you know, shaping up to be an all-time great. Hopefully, they can keep the the pace up because it's 
perfectly paced, perfectly cast. Just a hell of a good time. <laughs> well, speaking of good, right. speaking of good times, we have a, another new segment to unveil right now. If you didn't like our shouting match last week about <laughs> about immigrant song, <laughs> what do we got this week, John? Well, this week we're coming from the land of the ice and snow with a quiz. So, Jared, you and I went off and, and created uh, three MCU quiz questions that we're going to. Have. Well, we each we each came up with three, and we're going to quiz each other. Yeah, uh, just to see who who prevails, who comes out on top. We should keep a record so, of of how these okay. go. I mean, this this, this let, is a, this let is me a... let me open up the Google Drive okay. and we'll uh, we'll put it up here. I mean, I'm I'm going to be honest. I made these questions are a lot easier than I, I expected hmm. them to be. I had some really, I have a really good one in mind that I want to do, but I was in the middle of writing it right before we started this. I'll see how how you like mine. I. I picked um two of them that aren't like crucial to mcu lore but more about like the industry surrounding marvel okay. i guess so um just because i know you and i think you would find them fun <laughs> questions okay <laughs> so we'll see how we'll see how those go okay um but all right you want to kick us off or you want me to uh i'll kick this off i got, I got okay. a really easy one to start you off with here <laughs> okay uh and and ant-man and the wasp uh, who was the comedian who made a cameo toward the end as the as the tour guide? Comedian that made a cameo towards the end. Yeah, he's in it for probably not even ten seconds. It's not Zach Cherry, is it? No, no, it's <laughs> not Zach Cherry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, Think about it. Oh Lord. I'm surprised you don't remember this. You call I, when we saw it. You called it out. I did. Yeah. Oh my god, I can't remember. Um, I can't remember how the movie ended. <laughs> oh, okay, wait. <sighs> I shouldn't say it was toward the end, but uh, it was during during one of the chase sequences. Hmm. I was really thinking on this one. Does he does he have a line? Yeah, he's a he's a couple the, lines. I, I forget what the, the line, line is, but okay, he, he just plays a tour guide on a boat. Can you name um, another project he's been in? We won't count this for, for uh, this can be a wrong question, but I want a hint. Um, can I name another pro- uh, another project? I think you should leave. <laughs> I'm really really Tim, Tim Robinson. No. Even though I would love to see that, he's been in two. I think you should leave sketches. He also had a, man. He also co-hosted heck? a show on Adult Swim. As Tim a, Heidecker? Yeah, yeah, it was Tim really? Heidecker. Yeah, I, don't, I legitimately don't remember that. That wow. <laughs> huh. I don't. I haven't seen that movie since the theaters. But wow. Yeah, I remember huh. you. I, I I picked up on. I called it, and then you called it out. I'm like, yeah, it is Tim Heidecker. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, it's. It's during one of the chase sequences huh. um, when it was it Walton Goggins is on the boat with the briefcase and, and Tim Heidecker is like the tour guide out on the boat. Huh. Wow. Very interesting. <laughs> I am surprised. <laughs> <laughs> so are we counting that as a, as a miss or are we counting that I as I think like we can one? count that as a miss. I mean, you okay. walked me to that one. 
<clears throat> okay. Um, all right. What actor, not named John Krasinski, <laughs> was a runner-up for the role of Steve Rogers, yet ended up getting another role within the extended MCU? Oh, I do know this. Um, wasn't Chris Pratt? Wasn't um? To make a joke, there to could it. be. There may be multiple answers. I'm not entirely. sure. I do. How many runner-ups were out there? But I know one. Oh my god, I do vaguely remember this. There's a there's a nod to it at one point somewhere where he was supposed to be um wasn't Sebastian Stan. Was it Sebastian Stan? No, no, it wasn't. Um it wasn't Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh my god. I can I distinctly remember when they cast him. They said, "Oh yeah, he tried out for Steve Rogers, but we didn't. Uh, we didn't cast him as that." Uh, or Chris Evans ended up taking it. Um, it wasn't Chris Evans. Worth. You know what? I, I didn't do my research on this, and there actually are a good number. Are there of a number them. of them? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> um, uh, if you can. Oh my god! Let me let me run through the list here. <laughs> Was he? I'll, I'll let you. Um... Just give me a name and then tell me final answer. Okay. Was he, let me, let me ask, was he a lead in what he was cast in? Or was he like a, as one of the side characters? Um, one was there. The, the one you're thinking two. of, the one that you, the initially. one I'm thinking of, um, is not a lead. Was not a lead. Mm-hmm. Do you have to take care of that? No. Okay. <laughs> She's just talking oh. no wildly. <laughs> okay. Um, <clears throat> this is going to kill me because I, <laughs> I do remember this. They said, oh, yeah, it was a, he was a runner. He was a runner out next to Chris Evans, and we went with Chris Evans because he had more of a boyish feature. Um, wasn't Chris Pratt? Wasn't not a lead? Was obviously it wasn't Tom Holland. Wasn't it? I'm I'm really drawing a blank on this one, and I did used to know it. It wasn't. Uh, I, I, it I, the the one I was thinking of is Wyatt Russell. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was, <laughs> and then we talked about that in in uh-huh. <laughs> in in our Fountain Winter Soldier episodes. Yep. Yeah. Wyatt Russell ended up in the role of John Walker, which yep. is very meta. It was a meta casting, <clears throat> or at least we described it as that. Um, what? Mm-hmm. Who, who were some others that you found? Um, one of the other ones I initially thought of, um, Wilson, Wilson Bethel, um, who, who played um, Bullseye in Daredevil Season 3. And you wouldn't know who that is because you haven't watched Daredevil Season 3. I still haven't Daredevil seen Season, season 3, three yet. Yeah, SOB. <laughs> was, um, was going to watch it, but then watch Se- all Sebastian three. Stan actually was one. I did. Oh, okay. Um, but, I, I mean, that, it's very common for actors, like, you know, Tom Hiddleston edition for Thor. So, yeah, like, right. Um, Chris Pratt also was one. Was he? Yep. Oh, okay. I kept saying he I was. thought he was. In you kept ball, saying but... it, but you were, like, unsure. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Is that, that, that was when he was... <clears throat> uh, well, 2011, mm-hmm. that would have been money, the Moneyball year. That was when he was uh, Scott Hatterberg and mm. and uh, Andy Dwyer at the same time. Yep. Yep. <clears throat> anyway. Um, okay. Well, speaking of 2011, hmm. it, this one should be easy for you. <laughs> I'll be I'll be shocked if you don't get this one. Uh, and 
the 2011 Thor, <clears throat> Selvage and and Thor go to a bar after after one night in the <laughs> RV. What song is playing in the bar? Walk by the Foo Fighters. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> I gave you a softball. You know, on that one. I I yeah, because I I had that. Um, it had crossed my mind last week when we did our needle drops, <laughs> <laughs> just because that was a. You know, fun, fun time. One of my favorite songs at the time mm-hmm. showing up in, in that is very memorable. <laughs> OK. All right. I've got one for you. Okay. Um, this is a more a more recent question, but I I thought of it and I couldn't remember figure out the answer on my own without looking it up. So I'm curious if you know what does sword stand for? I don't know this. <laughs> I genuinely don't know this. <laughs> I, it's funny because we talk about swords so often, but I, they're they're barely in. I mean, they show up in WandaVision, and that's the only time, only other time mm-hmm. we've really seen them. So, sentient I, I couldn't tell you. weapon observation response division. Okay, sentient weapon, sent, sentient weapon observation, observation response, response division. division. <laughs> is your next one what shield is known to stand for? <laughs> no, it is not. <laughs> But maybe I'll save that one for down the road when we're <laughs> distance enough. All right. Well, that's I'm I'm two, I'm Owen two right now. <clears throat> so my last one is in, in Iron Man three. There's a uh, there's a TV production assistant that Tony befriends outside of the the beauty pageant. What's his name? He's a super fan of Tony Stark. Really, I think about this one, don't you? Say that again. In Iron Man three, there's a TV production assistant that Tony befriends to help him. He's a super fan of Tony Stark. The pro- it's it's in the production truck outside of the beauty pad, the, like the teenage pageant that they're. Uh, I know the exact character you're talking about, yep, but the, I don't he... remember his name. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not gonna get it. No. No, it's Gary. there's no way. It's Gary. Gary, and it's very. As soon as you hear it, you're like, "Oh yeah, it is." Yeah, Gary. <laughs> it is Gary. I didn't have to. I, I only had to think about that for about five seconds until it came to me. <laughs> you're like, Larry, Gary. no, it's Gary. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry, Larry, Gary. <laughs> Classic mix-up. <laughs> I told okay. Them, I, t- I told them to start, or I told them my name was Gary, so that they would start calling me by my real name. <laughs> anyway. Okay, here's another one more of like a, an industry question okay. um, as opposed to MCU lore. Let me know if you like these ones because I can go back to just general MCU um, trivia. But um, what Marvel Studios film was released on the same day as Chadwick Boseman's Get On Up? So, okay, let me think about this. Get On Up came out in 20, was it 2014. That was August of 2014, I believe, which would have been Guardians of the Galaxy. Woo! All right. <laughs> Nailed it. Man, that was impressive. <laughs> I got this weird relationship to, to dates like that. <laughs> I didn't realize I it figured, came out on the same day, but. Yeah, it did. Exact same day. Um, that was impressive. <laughs> Kudos on that one. Because I, I distinctly remember where I was going to see Guardians of the Galaxy as well. Uh-huh. So, like, 
Uh, that stuff like made me yeah. go back to those days. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> All right, so we're, we right. tied this week. We tied one, one for three <laughs> each. Not too bad. I no. think that's 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 about what I would uh, I would hope for with this trivia. You know. Yeah. All right, that's a fun little segment. I like it is. That. Yeah, we'll, we'll keep going back to this and doing the uh, overrated, underrated. Yeah. Best in what are least. you thinking? What are you thinking for next week? Should we should we pick, ah, let's, select? Let's, a, let's let's switch it let's up. Let's do on it. Okay. Let's do on it. We'll we'll figure it out as we as the weeks okay. go by. We also got to figure good. out what we're gonna do for two weeks in July. <laughs> Probably when Thor comes out and when well Miss Marvel comes yeah. out. Or and you and Ms. I Marvel have ends. back to back vacations with Thor like right in the middle of those two <laughs> weeks. So, uh, so we may be. Uh, Delaying a little bit, calling an audible. I don't know what. I don't know exactly what we'll do. We'll figure something out. Uh, maybe guests. Maybe we could get guests for each of the weeks that we're out to talk about Miss Marvel and replace each other for a couple weeks or something. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. We could figure something out like that. But yeah, we should probably crank out a Love and Thunder preview here soon too. I would we like to talk should. about that a little bit going in. But read the uh, read the uh, Jane Foster Thor run. <laughs> mm, yeah it's a good one it's, it's a short one too sure. isn't it yeah if you read the first like arc of it it's yeah like, and that 10 to 12 issues that's all there. the gore stuff isn't it uh no oh there's no. actually no gore in that well i'll leave it up to you if you want to do the um the gore or one of gore's arts or one of jane foster's arts mm-hmm. i'll leave okay. it up to you yeah we can figure it all right. Well, thanks for joining us on this episode of Infinity Watchers. Uh, as always, you can find us on your favorite uh, podcatcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, the other ones. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll leave you with that. You know, just search <laughs> podcasts in Google and, you know, we'll, we're somewhere in any of those sites that you click on on the first page. All right, thanks for <laughs> thanks for listening. Um, you know, tell all your friends about us. We want we want more listeners, <laughs> and, and you know maybe eventually we'll sell ourselves out and buy listeners. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? We're not Joe Rogan, okay? Let's not yeah. let's not go there. <laughs> <clears throat> We're going to organically grow our fan base one at a time. <laughs> one at one fan at a time. <laughs> Well, I've rambled enough. I think it's time to probably wrap this up. So see ya. (laughs) Peace.